Welcome to Intentional Bach. I'm Lou Landers. Find me on Twitter at Landers Talks. All my baseball content at drroto.com. Joined here by my co-host, Mark Mancini. Mark, what's going on this morning, man? Let everyone know where they can find all your work. I know you were doing the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates podcast this morning before hopping on with me. So appreciate your time in this busy, busy schedule of yours. Well, I appreciate everything you do. You're a brother, a mentor, and a friend. I love this thing on Mondays. You can find me on XM203, Series 217, Philadelphia's WWDB, host of other cities, and you're right, the Pittsburgh Pirate Podcast. First base coach, Tarek Brock, breaking down the Phillies coming to Pittsburgh and sweeping us with a broom and then previewing the Brewers and Pirates the next three days. Yeah, well, uh, that series has playoff implications because of the Brewers, right? And had playoff implications because of the Phillies. So Pirates still play meaningful baseball, even if it's not for them. Um, You know, playing teams that are in the playoff races and can therefore affect the playoff races, which is something we're going to talk about here today. They're heating up, Mark. Uh, But we also have seen a bunch of trades made already. We have many more to come over the next 24 to 30 hours as well. So lots to get to here. We'll start with the playoff races. And we'll start with the American League playoff races. We know the AL West is pretty much wrapped up. I want to say the AL East is wrapped up. Still 11.5 game lead for the Yankees, even though they've struggled by their expectations and the Jays playing great baseball. Um, those divisions, I think, are kind of wrapped up. But that AL Central, before we get to the wild card races, AL Central, man, Minnesota has had an opportunity over the first three and a half, four months to bury the Guardians, to bury the White Sox, and they have failed to do so. Now, only a game up on the Guardians, now just two games up on the White Sox. Both the White Sox and Guardians are improving, could be making moves in the next 24 hours as well. Not that the Twins won't. I don't see the Twins staying in first place for much longer. The next two weeks, I think you might find them in third place. Well, the problem with the Twins is the, 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 the league's caught up on them now. I mean, Cleveland's got the kitchen. The White Sox have kind of figured it out after stumbling for about two, three months. I just don't think the Twins gutted. I mean, they just came off a series where the Padres handled them. And, you know, if an umpire that doesn't stand in the way uh, turns that uh, game around on Saturday, the Twins could have been swept right out of town. They definitely could have been swept out of town. And, uh, I mean, they certainly have games against the Guardians of White Sox still. Now they do get lucky. They'll get the Tigers and the Royals a little bit here and there. But so will the White Sox and so will the Guardians. Uh, that doesn't change things. They've been like this in this division really all season long. Um, beating up on those teams, I just don't think the Twins have as much on offense or uh, pitching-wise to compete with the Guardians' great pitching and the White Sox overall really strong team and even if the twins were to hold on neither of us think they will there is an opportunity in that wild card um yankees and astros we know are division leaders the central division leaders but then you got toronto who looks to be firmly in there no problem but then you get seattle and tampa bay who have spots at the moment and then cleveland white Sox right there even the orioles still sticking around boston fading pretty quickly we'll talk about them possibly selling pieces you look at this al wildcard standings mark who stands out to you as a team that's getting in and who stands out to you as the team that's going to come up short well the team that's getting in is definitely uh, toronto uh in seattle seattle gave up a lot to get into this thing they're all in in seattle look let's face it they're, they're the only team in the four major sports 
that hasn't been in the playoffs in 20-something years. So they gave up a one, a three, and a five to get Luis Castillo there. The team that's going to fall short, but you better keep up on these guys in the next couple of years at the Baltimore Orioles. This team means business. They got a lot of draft picks, a lot of young guys, um, but they're going to fall short of this thing. Uh, but the teams that are going to get in there, I think, are uh, Seattle and uh, Toronto. Yeah, Seattle and Toronto seem like locks to me um, because Toronto is just that talented. And really, I think Toronto, without their really slow start, would be much closer to the Yankees and better than really everyone in this league except for Houston. Um, Seattle, a good team. We mentioned they've gone all in. We'll get to that trade specifically shortly. Uh, but they also have a weak division, and they're going to be able to beat up on those teams. So that's going to help them. To me, Tampa is kind of on the bubble because they're in a spot now, but they have a really tough schedule because of how competitive that AL East is. I mean, even the Red Sox, a last place team, 51 and 52, um, you know, so I think Tampa is in trouble with Cleveland, Chicago, also kind of right there. Um, one of them might get into through that division. The other one might be able to squeeze in that final wild card spot. And you mentioned Baltimore. I agree with you. Their team that's coming, but really tough weekend. They lost two of three to the Reds. If they win those two games, if they easily could have and should have won. We're looking at Baltimore potentially being ahead of the White Sox here and just maybe a game out of a playoff spot. So now they're three games out. Might change their plans come trade deadline day tomorrow. Right, and that's going to be a big one. You know, it's what do they do? I mean, after this whole thing is accomplished but you know the Red Sox are going to start unloading guys I mean what a weird team the Red Sox have been of late too I mean they came on like gangbusters well Mark they had they had one good month they were terrible they had an amazing month where um they just got unlucky that the Yankees and Braves were just as good as them so they didn't even have the best record in in the month uh I think it was June was it June I think it was June right uh maybe late May through like mid-June, whatever it was, they were amazing. And since then, they've been bad again. Uh, they've shown their true colors. Obviously, they've dealt with injuries, but I never use that as an excuse. Everyone um, has injuries. We'll get to the Red Sox, who they might be trading in just a little bit here, but let's look at the National League in those playoff races. The NL West is done. Look, the Padres are great. I think they're a team that could really scare people in the playoffs, but they're not catching the Dodgers back 12 games right now, and the Dodgers are only going to get healthier and better. But we got two good divisional races in the East. We have the Braves and the Mets separated by three games. We have the Brewers and Cardinals separated by three games in the Central. And then, of course, the great divisional races. I'm still waiting for the Brewers to kind of have a a fall-apart couple weeks and the Cardinals to get hot, which we know could happen. Uh, but it hasn't happened really yet. There was a time uh, when Woodruff went down and while Peralta was still out, and I believe he's coming back this week, where it looked like the Cardinals could take advantage and run away. They have not, again, trailing by three. Braves got within half a game at one point of the Mets, now back by three. I do think the Braves can still overtake the Mets, but both those teams are headed to the playoffs. And then in terms of the Central, uh, it's possible that one of these Central teams doesn't get in to the uh, playoffs, which would be a shame because I think they're both good, but I don't think either team is really a threat to go all the way this year. Well, I think you bring up some interesting points, and I said a couple weeks ago that the Giants aren't going nowhere, and I think the Brewers would fall out of this thing. You know, I thought the Phillies would have enough to hang on. The Phillies have been hot of late, sweeping the Pittsburgh Pirates for four, but this is a weird Philly team. I mean, they can come out of Pittsburgh and sweep four, and, and, and lay down against the Marlin team that's out of this thing. or You know, so it's going to be really interesting here. 
<clears throat> we're also talking about a Phillies team that got swept for the first time since 2000 with the Cubs in Philadelphia. So we don't know this, but I will tell you this. The Giants aren't making it. And if the Cardinals don't make a move to solidify some pitching in there and get another bat, they could be on the outside looking in. But I will tell you this. The Braves have shown me that they're not going away. But until someone takes that heavyweight championship belt away from them, good luck with beating Atlanta in the National League. Yeah, I'm with you. And even if they don't end up catching the Mets, obviously no more one-game wild card. So they'll have their best of three series in a wild card series, and they'll probably advance as I expect them to. Uh, they'd be the top wild card seed very likely, and they take on what would appear to probably be one of the Phillies, Cardinals, or Brewers in that series. I like them against any of those teams. With the Giants looking like they're fading, like, as we expected, probably sending players away um, at the trade deadline in the next 24 to 30 hours or so. It's really left seven teams for six spots in the National League. So although it's not as exciting as the American League, because the American League has eight or nine teams still well within reach, um, the National League has, again, those seven teams, six spots, and a bunch of those teams separated by two to three games. So, again, one of the Phillies, Cardinals, or Brewers likely are going to be on the outside looking in when it's all said and done. All of them, on paper, should be playoff teams. Well, yeah, the, the clear cut is going to be the dogfight is the American League with about 10, 11 teams trying to battle this thing to get it down to six. The National League, I think you just got to get two out of there, and then you'll have your final six. But, uh, yeah, when you were talking about somebody catching the Dodgers, I don't think the Padres are concerned about catching the Dodgers. I think what they're going to use the next two months is bring a bat in there, solidify that pitching, maybe get another utility guy in there, and then uh, go all in with the Dodgers in October. That's all they need to do. And you don't want to face San Diego in a short series, believe me. No, you definitely don't. I would want to face them um, in a series regardless because they have they have a lineup that will get better with Tatis and another trade. They have good starting pitching. Bullpen a little rocky right now, but I think Rodgers will come back together. They'll probably add to it. Let's look at some of the trades that have already gone down since uh, July 27th, between July 27th and now. And then, of course, we'll move into trades that we do expect to occur. Just going to make sure that nothing has happened um, over the last, you know, 20, 30 minutes. So July 27th, Royals trade outfielder Andrew Benintendi to the Yankees for three minor leaguers. We can argue that the Yankees probably could have waited a little bit, maybe gone in on the Soto situation. Clearly, they didn't want to do that. I don't blame them. Don't want to give up all that top prospect talent. They gave up three lottery tickets. They bring in Benintendi. Nice fit there. Left-handed swing. Good on base percentage. Puts the ball in play. Combat him one. Combat him two. Combat him five. Combat him six. Great defense in left field. A huge upgrade to Joey Gallo. Um, good move by the Yankees. Yeah, I think Benatendi's good. I mean, the people in Boston hate that. You know, uh, they, they uh, stole him, basically. I like it. Benatendi's always been a proven hitter. Found a home in Kansas City. Before that, he was great in Boston. I think the real question in New York is, uh, what are you going to do? Is trade uh, Gallo for, uh, you know, an informant to, to get uh, Griner back from uh, Russia? <laughs> 
Honestly, uh, they, they got traded for something. I think they, I think they'd be happy with a bullpen arm or a mid-level prospect at this point. Uh, there are teams like the Padres, the Rays, and the Brewers have all expressed interest in Joey Gallo. I could see someone, uh, you know, offering up a, you know, maybe the tenth to thirteenth ranked prospect in their organization for a shot at a guy who can play defense, maybe hit some homers for them. Uh, the other New York team made a trade on July 28th, acquiring an outfielder in Tyler Naquin from the Reds. And Naquin, probably just some outfield depth for the Mets. I mean, they have Marte, they have Canna, they have um, McNeil, they have Escobar who can play out there. They have a number of different options, but Naquin gives them some left-handed power in the outfield. Uh, so I kind of like this move for the Mets. Kind of a low-pro move, but one that could certainly help them um, with their lineup, lengthening that lineup again, pinch hitter um, in there versus righties. And um, I think it's a nice kind of under the radar move by the Mets. Well, picking up somebody like that is good, but you got to hold off the Braves. You've blown a 10 game lead in, in a matter of a month or whatever. They've got to get something. They're going to have to resurrect their pitching. I know. Jacob well, Mark, DeGrom. they basically are making a trade tomorrow, regardless uh, Jacob DeGrom being, activated to start tomorrow so that that's a big trade right there right but the thing is do they have enough to hold off the surge in atlanta braves the braves have been there before they know what it takes uh you know the 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 mets it just seems like when they're being threatened they don't know how to really react to it you know it's kind of like a deer in the headlights mentality but this is going to be interesting to see if they have enough and the question marks of DeGrom and, 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 and Scherzer moving forward. If those guys are healthy down the stretch and going in the playoffs, then I'd give the nod to the Mets to hold them off. But if they aren't and they, they, they pitch and then they're out a week or 10 days and stuff, you know, there's no consistency there. You need consistency to win in baseball. Sure, sure. And let's say the Braves do overtake them, which I thought was going to happen all year. Mets still going to get into the playoffs, probably as the top wildcard team. And if they are healthy, good luck beating DeGrom and Scherzer in a best of three. You're going to lose both those games probably and be out in two games. Um, so <laughs> Mets are in a good shape regardless, as long as they have DeGrom and Scherzer healthy. Anything else they do is just icing on the cake, in my opinion. Anything else on the Mets and this trade for Naquin? No, not really. All right, then we got Luis Castillo. That's, that's the big one here so far. Um, ben Intendi one is big. There's Luis Castillo one even bigger. Lots of teams were in on him. The Dodgers, the Padres... You had the Mets and Braves slightly linked to him. You had the Jays, the Yankees, the Astros, the Twins, all these teams linked to him. A lot of those teams battling with the Seattle Mariners. Well, the Seattle Mariners stepped up, might have overpaid to do it. But hey, when you haven't made the playoffs since 2001, you got to overpay. You got to do what you got to do to get in. And a great, big, big acquisition for the Mariners here, bringing in Luis Castillo, who has been excellent this season, goes from one of the worst parks in all of Major League Baseball to pitch in, with one of the worst teams behind him in all of Major League Baseball and the Reds, to a much improved team, a much better ballpark, just as weak of a division, arguably, really good move for Seattle and Luis Castillo, who will be under contract next year for them as well. Well, I, I will tell you this, that's a lot to give up. I mean, you know, the join Rob Ray in that uh, rotation and stuff is good. The Reds are having a fire sale. They've gone down ever since they got rid of Trevor Bauer and all these guys. But 
I will tell you this. Um, we won't see the implications of this play out uh, for a couple of years here, but they got club control over them till next year. Well, we might see know. the implications play out if Seattle can make a run in the playoffs with Ray Castillo and Gilbert as their number th- as their three top starters, or even next year. So we might well, see it that quickly. But yes, we won't see the well, implications here, here, for the, the Reds. In their last twenty three, they're seventeen and six. You know who all their six losses? Are Houston to? Astros. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't play them no more this year. They will play them in the playoffs, but I mean that's a psychological thing right there. If you can't beat Houston, you know, at home and on the road, and gratefully they don't have to play them till the playoffs. But let's face it, that's 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 a lot to give up to try to chase down a team that you can't beat. Oh, well, you're not trying to chase them down for the division at this point. You're trying to line Castillo up as your number one or number two starter in the postseason uh, to give yourself a chance to beat Houston because Houston's Houston's going to beat you with their pitching. Right, so if you can right. if you can get a good start from Robbie Ray, you get Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert having a really really good season now moves to the number three spot in that rotation. Uh, they can now keep up with those teams that have the good pitching staff. So I like it, and again, it wasn't just for this year. It's going into next year too, where they have a fresh slate where they start at zero and zero, tied with the Houston Astros, with Castillo in that rotation, with their current team, and probably additions in free agency. This is going to be a team that's better next year than they are right now. Uh, so this move, obviously for right now to get into the playoffs, but also for next year. And you know what? Maybe they even extend Castillo because they are a team willing to spend some money. So, so I will say, good on them for kind of going after it some minor moves happened on saturday july 30th the dodgers get some relief pitching and chris martin from the cubs they trade a depth outfielder slash infielder and zach mckinstry good move for the dodgers they still need to add some more bullpen help i think phillies acquire shortstop and mundo sosa from the cardinals they give up left-handed relief pitcher jojo romero a nice major league trade a nice baseball trade cardinals add a lefty to their bullpen Phillies acquire some depth up the middle. And then probably the biggest of these three moves, the Rays acquire outfielder David Peralta from the D-backs for a minor league catcher. Rays, of course, always going to go the cheapest route. They go, they get a guy that probably wasn't going to have to uh, be given up a lot to get. Certainly an upgrade for their outfield that's riddled with injuries right now. A really good platoon player in Peralta who is always hit righties well. So a nice move for the Rays as they try to hold on to one of the playoff spots in the American League. No, you break it down perfectly, but the Rays pick up a, a, a guy that can help them. But you know what? Can the Rays help themselves to get in the playoffs here? That's going to be the interesting thing. I mean, there's this is not a Rays team we saw, you know, a few years ago. McLennan is pitching great and everything, but I just look at this. Do they have enough to beat Toronto? Do they have enough to beat Houston? Do they have enough to beat the Yankees? And the question in my mind is no. Uh, as it stands, no come playoff time. Uh, depends on their ace and Shane McClanahan. Depends what they get from Corey Kluber. Depends if they get Shane Baz uh, back in time. That's a good enough one through three. I've heard rumors of Tyler Glass now uh, potentially being able to pitch in September after Tommy John surgery. So that could be a huge boost too, even if it's to their bullpen. Uh, they just need to add some offense. And some of the players we're going to talk about here later uh, on in a few minutes could be of interest to the race to bolster that offense even more. I think they're a playoff caliber team, but as it stands now, I think they are probably a bottom playoff team. They're one of those teams that would probably be the last team into the playoffs if they can hold off the rest 
of the crew. So trade deadline is what, about 30 hours away now, Mark? Yes. Okay. Well, there's some big names out there. We got two pitchers. We'll start with Frankie Montas. Um, certainly, people are saying it's down to the Cardinals, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees. Of course, you can see why all three of those teams would be interested in him. Of course, there's always that mystery team that comes in at the last second. You do have to consider a couple things with Montas. The first is um, he's a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong. But he has had some shoulder issues this year. So what are you going to get from him the rest of the year? Could you trade for him again and he get hurt? But at the same time, controllable through next year, like Luis Castillo. So the investment is not as risky knowing you have him for a full other year. Certainly a guy that's going to garner a lot of attention. Well, let's put it like this. Anybody that comes to Oakland and goes to New York, they kind of struggle. They get acclimated to this thing. We saw Sonny Gray uh, have a, a, a tough start in New York. And, you know, you get Frankie Montas there. You know, with, with arm problems and everything, you know, I, I still think when, when Sean Manea was in Oakland, he was the better of the two, and he's struggling in San Diego, but at least you can fix him. I don't know what Montez is going to give you. To me, well, I, like, yeah, I kind of think Toronto or St. Louis would be better fits for him personally. Not that the Yankees don't need the starting pitching, um, more so that Toronto and St. Louis might be easier markets for him to make the transition to. Well, St. Louis, when they get guys, they, they turn these guys into uh, 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 good guys. I mean, we see yeah. St. Well, Louis. the Yankees have had that effect too, Mark. It's just, it's, it's, it's drastic. It's either they take guys and make them way better because they have great development, great coaching, or these guys can't handle New York. You've seen, you know, Tyon and Clay Holmes become amazing. And then you've seen guys like Sonny Gray, as you mentioned, or a guy like Joey Gallo who just can't handle it. Or Ed Whitson. Sure, I'm talking about you know the last year or two. Uh, for right. most people listening, they probably don't even know who Ed Whitson is. To yeah, be honest, yeah. uh, you if, could, you, if you, could you throw do, a you good could job. Throw a Decky Arabu in that too. Sure, sure. I mean, there's there's tons. There's guys that really come and excel, and you know buy into uh, you know the advanced metrics and great pitching coach and Matt Blake. And there's guys who can't handle it. A guy who I think could handle it. And if I'm the Yankees, I'm going after him instead of Frankie Montas. Let other teams go after Montas, and they will. That's Carlos Rodon. This is a guy the oh, Yankees yeah. wanted this offseason. He's a guy the Yankees had interest in back before he kind of broke out with the White Sox. Um, pitching really well this season. Has an electric arm. Coming off a great season last year, too. The only concern with him is uh, can he hold on to a big innings limit because he has shown wearing down in the past. The Yankees are the type of team that can monitor him though they don't need him to go out every fifth day they could keep him fresh ready for the playoffs they're looking towards october carlos rodon would be a really good number two pitcher to slot in behind garrett cole and then after that you can really do whatever you want with montgomery with tyon Savarina, whoever it might be but a cole rodon one two punch really does give the yankees a huge huge boost of course, you're going to see a team like the Dodgers involved, but the Giants probably won't want to help them out. You're going to see whoever misses out on Montas between the Cardinals and the Blue Jays. Maybe the Twins get involved here. Um, maybe the White Sox try to bring him back. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. So there's there's certainly teams out there for Rodon who I believe is a free agent again after the year. There might be a mutual option. Those don't get picked up very often, though. Uh, this is more of a rental. You might be able to give up less to get him than you would for Montas because he is an actual rental, not under control for 2023. 
Oh, I agree. I, I think uh, Rondon would fit. You need a one-two punch in New York like that. And, you know, uh, Cortez over there, you know, he, he's lights out for the Yankees too. So you're going to need, you're going to need some pitching into this series, especially you got to go three guys, possibly a fourth guy uh, as you, you start to make the rounds in the playoffs. But uh, I, I don't look at the Dodgers as picking up a guy like this. The Dodgers might solidify that back end of the bullpen, but Kimbrough's had a tough time of, uh, to go of it. They'll have Walker Bueller back in September. The question in L.A. would be, you know, can we count on Clayton Kershaw? You know, Urias has had a pretty good year, just no run support there. So some of these teams are going to have to restructure, it, it, whether it's a starting pitching or the back end of the bullpen. Clay Holmes gave up his first home run yesterday to Kansas City. You know, is he getting tired now? I think he could be. You might see a role as Chapman make his way back into that role. You might see the Yankees go add some relief pitching as well. Um, so we've talked about two of the main starting pitchers. Of course, there's other guys out there, Jose Quintana, maybe Taylor Molly, maybe some guys we can't even think of. But there's a big-time catcher on the market. Uh, that's Wilson Contreras of the Cubs. And you can really never uh, – there's very few teams that don't need an upgrade. A catcher, And obviously, you can probably name 20 teams out there that would like Contreras, but there's a few places that make the most sense to me. The first is the Houston Astros. The second would be the New York Mets. These are two teams who I think could really use a massive upgrade at catcher. The Mets do have a really young, great prospect in Alvarez, uh, who they could bring up eventually, maybe the DH, but for the rest of the year as a rental he would really add a huge, huge bonus to this Mets lineup that doesn't have much offensive production. And then again, same thing with the Astros, a really good team already. They like Martin Maldonado, but he's more of a defensive first catcher. Um, Contreras really fits well with either the Astros or the Mets, but wherever he goes, uh, he's going to be a huge boost. And the Cubs absolutely have to trade him because they're in rebuild. He's an impending free agent. They got to get something. They did it last year with Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant. I'd be shocked if they didn't do it with Contreras now. Well, how about the Padres? The Padres could solidify uh, an upgrading catching too. Nola is is not the answer. He doesn't strike fear in me. No, Alfaro's been pretty solid, but he, uh, certainly Contreras is a big upgrade. Yeah, you get that bat in there, you know, he, he'd lock it down for a few years. You want to solidify that. The Dodgers... Well, if you re-sign him, of course. Contreras right. is sort of purely a rental at, the, at this point. Um, but a good enough, very, very, very good player. A guy that's more than good enough to make a huge impact over the next two months and into the postseason for a team. Yep. I definitely would go either one of those. But if, for me, I'm not looking for a rental as much as if he turns it around coming over and jump starts me and, and, and pushes me forward. I don't want him to go to free agency. Certainly not. One of the elite young catchers in the game. Um, this is a, a difference maker, not just now, but certainly in the future as well. So before we get into two teams who have a number of really interesting players to be traded, I want to talk about some relief pitchers. And forgive me if I miss some uh, here, Mark, but the three guys to stand out to me as guys that have to be on the move are Michael Fulmer from the Tigers impending free agent, David Robertson from the Cubs impending free agent, Lou Trevino from the A's because they're selling everybody and there's a couple interesting arms there on the Marlins as well. We know every single team, even if you have an elite bullpen always needs bullpen help heading into October. These guys should garner a lot of interest. Now, they're not going to 
um, bring a huge return in on their own because they are all rental arms for a couple months. But I think guys like Robertson and Fulmer specifically could really, really bolster a bullpen, especially teams that are looking not for a closer necessarily, but someone to pitch the seventh or the eighth inning. Well, how about David Bednar for the Pirates? He could be shot too. Yeah, I've heard the Pirates aren't willing to do that, though, because he still has five years of team control after this. He's not even near arbitration yet. So I've heard the Pirates are kind of unwilling to move him. But I guess if they got blown away by an offer, anything's possible. They've said that about Brian Reynolds, too. Um, He could still be on the move, possibly. But um, I'm looking at guys who are basically assuredly on the move because of their contract status and the teams they play on. Yeah. Well, Robertson would be one. Fulmer, like you said, and, and when you look at some of these guys, the first thing I'm looking at: uh, are these guys have dead arms now? Are they are they starting to tally off? We're getting in the dog days of the summer. You know, the arms can be tired from throwing hard in you know April and May, and now you know I I I I'd be looking at if I'm a general manager, I'd be looking at okay, maybe an Inglesius for the uh, the Angels here. You know, the Angels could have a big fire sale here. So, you know, that's that's who I'm bringing in. Somebody that could throw a flamethrower. Iglesias would be the guy in my mind, uh, by my number one choice. Yeah, he would be really interesting if the Angels are willing to trade him. So, um, a good call there. The, again, the Marlins have a couple interesting arms with Anthony Bass. And um, I forget, maybe Tanner Scott is there, I think. And um, one of uh, Anthony Bender, maybe they definitely have some arms. They've had a pretty, they have a pretty good bullpen. And the Orioles, if the Orioles were to choose to sell, and it looks like they might at this point now. Um, Jorge Lopez is having a good season. Felix Bautista is having a good season. The Orioles have one of the best bullpens in baseball right now. So if they can get some pieces in to even you know help this young team move forward, they could be of interest as well. Well, how about the Brewers? What do you do? Do you break up the tandem with Williams and Hader? Absolutely not. You add to it. (laughs) Yeah. I think you have to add to it. Okay, so the Washington Nationals. Look, all the talk has been about Juan Soto. And at some point, Juan Soto is going to get traded. If it's not in the next 30 hours, it'll be in the winter most likely. We know one of the best players in the league. We know the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Padres are the teams most linked to him. But... They also have two interesting players who have been there, done that, all-stars, big power, um, who are impending free agents, who basically have to be moved. And that's Josh Bell and Nelson Cruz, Mark. These guys have to be moved. Even if Soto is moved in the winter, these do have to be moved in the next 30 hours or so. And they could both make a big impact for a number of teams. One of those teams could be the Tampa Bay Rays, for sure. I look at the Milwaukee Brewers as a team that could really use someone. I've heard the Padres linked to Josh Bell uh, because they just want to get Hosmer out of that lineup every day. Um, maybe a team like the White Sox or the Twins or the Guardians could use some offense. Uh, these guys could really help a number of teams in Bell and Cruz. Well, I think Bell is a solid bat. I mean, this guy, if you can, the Mets could use a guy like this. The Cardinals can probably use somebody like this. Solid bat, very consistent. With Nelson Cruz, I, I don't know how much you're going to get out of him. He's tailing end of his career here. Uh, he'd be a good two-month rental, but, I mean, how much production can you get out of him? But Josh Bell, to me, would be a Well, all it takes guy. is a hot month or two from Nelson Cruz in a better situation and entering a playoff race, right? Right. 
but still, still a proven commodity. But Bell, man, yeah, Bell is great. Yeah, Uh, Bell, of course, a free agent and a guy who uh, might not resign. And until very recently, I thought he would make a perfect fit for the Boston Red Sox. Now they've since kind of trailed off here, and I want to get to some of their players in just a couple moments. But Bell and Cruz are just two guys that really change a lineup. You, you put them right in the middle of your lineup. A team that is lacking that presence, that big power bat, um, would really benefit. And now back to Soto here, Mark. My gut feeling is the Padres. Your gut feeling is the Padres. We've heard a lot about the Cardinals. We've heard briefly about the Dodgers. Do you think there's a surprise team out there that could swoop in and steal Soto from everybody? Well, I would say the Mets or the Rangers would be in this thick of things, too. I don't know why we'd want to go to Texas. Texas is not even really a competitor in this, but I've heard the Rangers and the Mets could be into this thing. Uh, yeah, see, I find it hard to believe that Washington would trade him within that division, having knowing they're going to have to face him the next two years so many times. Because I've heard the Marlins, too, because the Marlins have tons of prospects. Um, obviously the Mets, so I've heard I've heard rumors of that division, but I've kind of ruling it out because if it was it would be one thing if he was a purely a rental for two months, fine. But having two more years of having to face Soto nineteen times or whatever the hell it's going to be, uh, I would make it really tough for me to see the Nationals trading him there. But I like your call on Texas uh, because although they're not competitive right now, they just spent a lot of money on Seager and Semi, and they brought in John Gray. They do have a good amount of prospects. They have Josh Young. Uh, coming back either late this year or next year, a top prospect of theirs. So Soto would be a type of move they're making, not just for this year, but for the future. Um, but what about a team like the Blue Jays? All randomly coming and They have wow. a good amount of prospects. Um, what if the Blue Jays did that and added Soto to that already ridiculous lineup with Springer and Hernandez and Bichette and Vladdy and so on and so forth? I mean, that would be pretty crazy. That- Un- that would be crazy for a lot of years if they signed him too for a five-year deal. Can you imagine all those young studs in Toronto? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? So, um, I mean, again, I think it's a long shot, but they could be a mystery team that could shock some people for sure uh, in terms of trying to acquire Juan Soto. I still do think the Dodgers, Padres, and Cardinals are the favorites. I thought the Padres for a long time before they were even mentioned by most people in the media. Uh, they're the team to me that has the prospects. They have the city they have the guys around soto to succeed they have the money to possibly extend him yeah i really do i think it's going to be prospects you might see trent grisham go maybe cj abrams yeah yeah Yeah. i i i think san diego mackenzie gore even i mean there's, yeah, McKenzie Gore. Yeah. Be if you, you you can offer Gore, Grisham, and Abrams, so three major league ready players plus three more prospects in the top, you know, three to seven range well, in your organization and get it done. Watch out for this because if Soto goes, I think Washington is going to say, "Well, you have to take Patrick Corbin too." Yeah, people have said that, but you know what? I've heard. Mike Rizzo, the GM, state that at one point that was something they were looking at. Now they don't necessarily want to do that because they know adding Corbin would diminish their return on Soto. They might be looking more to add Corbin onto a Josh Bell or Nelson Cruz type of deal where they're not going to get that much anyways already because those guys are rentals, but they don't want to destroy their return on Soto by having someone take on all that money from Corbin, which does make a lot of sense. Yeah, and if San Diego gets him, I mean, we talked about this earlier. 
that that team would be dangerous in a short series. And the Dodgers, I think, would be really looking over their shoulder, even though they pretty much will win the division by double digits. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything when it's the Dodgers, though, right? How many times have we talked about the fact that they always seem to win that division and then only once have they been able to go all the way to the World Series and win it? Um, so a, another team here before we wrap this up, because we are going longer than we typically do. There's just so much to talk about. Boston Red Sox, they seem to be a team that's fading, a team that could make their players available. Not going to make Devers available. They've said they're not going to trade Bogarts, but there's three guys that are impending free agents on this team. One, Christian Vasquez, a very good defensive catcher who has a decent bat, a guy that's caught in the World Series, won a World Series, could be a really nice piece for a team looking for that veteran presence. You have J.D. Martinez, still one of the best pure hitters, DH types in the league. And then you have Nathan Evaldi, who has struggled lately, but has also proven to be a big game pitcher. Has uh, won a World Series with the Red Sox, pitched well for them last year in the postseason as well. All three of these guys could make big-time impacts, and the Red Sox would be smart to unload them, get in what they can, so that they can be better next year because they're headed in the wrong direction right now. Well, I'll tell you the one guy that, lived up to his contract in Boston and gave him much more than what they ever expected it had to be J.D. Martinez. This guy has honored his contract through thick and thin. That's a hell of a bat to give up, and whoever gets him is is is, is going to get consistency across the board. But, you know, when I look at the Red Sox, and I, I say a bad trade and letting a guy go, boy, can they bring back the, the, the envelope on getting rid of Hunter Renfro there? Hunter Renfro, to me, was a mainstay, and letting him go was a mistake. So they better think about it if Xander Bogarts is on this list of getting rid of, because I like Bogarts a lot. And if you get rid of Bogarts, this could be another Hunter Renfro mistake. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, it, I think it would be, and Bogarts far better player than Hunter Renfro, too. I mean, the bigger mistake to me was Benintendi. They gave up on him so quickly brought in Franchi Cordero, who's nothing but a replacement-level player, let Benintendi go to KC, revamp his career after one down year in Boston, and now he's playing for the Yankees, which doesn't really matter because Boston's not going to compete with the Yankees this year. But what a bad trade that looks like in terms of the value. With Renfro, I know they just kind of wanted to unload a little bit of money. They wanted to get... Uh, they wanted the defense from Jackie Bradley Jr. That's a bad trade, but the Benintendi one is even worse. Uh, that's why they have to capitalize on the impending free agency of J.D. Martinez, of Nathan Navaldi, of Christian Vasquez, because they can get things for these guys. All these guys have won championships. They're proven players at their positions. They're great for playoff teams, teams that are going to be in the postseason or teams trying to get there, and they can improve their organization overall and come back next year and still be competitive because they do have a good core still, and they have money to spend no you're right that's the thing but boy what a what a tale of two uh seasons pretty much this year with the red sox stumbling of late and, and, and just i think the series that really killed them was the series uh in chicago where they thought they should have beat the cubs again they lost the series and then they had that stretch of interdivision opponents and 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 just killed them they can't win a series in their division 
That's that's the killer. I'd love to see that happen the rest of the uh, the rest of the season too, where they just can't win within that division. That that would be something special. So I've put out there on Facebook that uh, the Yankees would be better off going for Rodon than Montas. Most people are starting to agree with me. I see one person saying they prefer Montas. Didn't really give me a reason why. There was a minor trade that just occurred here, Mark. The Braves acquire a um, higher Adrianza. Um, they've designated Robinson Cano for assignment. Um, Adrianza is a guy that was already with the Braves at one point in the past. Uh, he plays all over the field, six different positions, I believe. Um, and not hitting all that well right now, but maybe an upgrade to Robinson Cano, considering Cano just uh, well past his prime, um, really at the tail end of his career. So Braves make a minor trade. I'm sure they'll do more, uh, but just something before we take off here uh, that did occur. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to see a flurry of trades probably late this afternoon, definitely tomorrow. I feel like, like oh I feel like we won't get that much today like we expect to. Maybe something late afternoon, maybe something late night. But I think a lot of this stuff is going to come down to tomorrow when the teams that are selling start to get a lot more desperate because these, these teams that are buying are smart enough to wait things out. They have off offers out there, of course, but they're smart enough to wait things out till tomorrow midday when teams are at the point where they almost have to trade the players as opposed to um, forcing things now. Now, again, the deals that have happened, uh, the Yankees got Ben Attendee for nothing and the Reds weren't going to wait around when they got that huge offer from Seattle. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you're seeing all these big names. They're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting till the team selling is kind of at their wit's end and has to make the move. Yeah, well said. We'll find out. But calling my shot, Soto will be a Padre tomorrow. All right. Soto to the Padres. I'm calling it too. I think it should happen. And if again, if not in the winter, I think it would happen. Thanks for tuning in today to Intentional Buck. Lou Landers with Mark Mancini. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time, everybody.